0: Thessalonians chapter 1 and verses 1 to 12. Paul, Silas and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you, and give relief to you who are troubled, and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marvelled at among all those who have believed. This includes you, because you believed our testimony to you. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling, and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now,
1: there is something that I have been noticing, and I want to start the sermon off this afternoon by asking you a question. And this is not a question that you think about. This is a question I want you to raise your hands, answer, all those sorts of things. Uh, Who has put up their Christmas tree? Has anyone put their Christmas tree up yet? Anyone in this room? No one. Anyone out in that room? I can't see around the corners. No? Anyone online? Say yes or no. Wow. I was, I was, do you know, I've got a lot of friends on Facebook who have, and I was banking on at least one person doing it, but no. There you go. Well, that's the sermon done. <laughs> um, not at all. Uh, I've, I've noticed that online people have been putting up uh, Christmas trees because they're excited about getting Christmas started, they just want to get it going. This year, 2020, hasn't been a great year and it's like whatever we can do to fast forward to the end of the year, let's do it. Let's put up the Christmas tree. Let's get the decorations out. Let's do all those things and see if we can get this year moving a little quicker. And I've even noticed that not only that, people are actually putting up Advent calendars and adding numbers to them. (laughs) Right? You might laugh, but for me, I just go, that's a great idea. Right? That's... Because well, what is an Advent calendar really is a countdown to Christmas, isn't it? That's what we use it for. And so you just need to add an extra couple of days because the countdown's a little bit longer. We use the Advent calendar to, to do a countdown because we're waiting for Christmas. Which, when you think about what Advent is, which we're not far off, we're only about a week and a half away, it starts on the 1st of December. Advent is about, the, the word Advent means coming. And we basically base Advent off waiting for the coming of jesus waiting for the birth of jesus it's a time of waiting and so people are uh, getting ready to wait for christmas just a little bit longer this year and it's fair enough because they just want this year to just to be done over and done with but you know the thing i, I notice about uh, advent calendars well for me anyway uh, we tried doing advent calendars where we just put bible verses in each of the the things doesn't go so good Bible passages are great, but for me, and I think my, uh, I've passed this on to my kids, it just doesn't feel quite enough, right? I need like a lolly or a chocolate or something, don't you? Like when you open up an advent calendar and there's nothing in there, you're kind of like, uh, oh, it's just not right. Because I think part of what it is is that that the wait for Christmas is so long that we need a little bit of Christmas each day. And that chocolate gives gives us a little bit of what we're waiting for every day we open it. Now that might just be me. And it might say a bit more about uh, my lack of ability to wait. But I feel that that's the case for most of us, isn't it? We, we love the countdown for Christmas, but we really don't like the wait. And so we try to make it a little bit easier by putting little chocolates or lollies in our Advent calendars as we go along. Now, you, will, you might be sitting there thinking, what on earth has Christmas got to do with 2 Thessalonians 1? The answer to that, not very much. But my question is, what does waiting have to do with 2 Thessalonians chapter 1? And what does it have to do with us? I'm going to pray, and let's have a look at that. Dear gracious God, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for your word. Father, we pray that you would help us uh, to focus on your word, to think through the words that Paul wrote down so many centuries ago, that we would be encouraged, that we would be equipped, that we will learn how to live for you each day. Father, I pray that as I speak, Father, may my words be yours. And where my words fail which I no doubt will. Father, may your spirit speak even louder. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as uh, Paul has mentioned, now just to make this clear, it wasn't Paul who wrote this letter, it was another Paul, the Apostle Paul, a long time ago. Otherwise, Paul is looking really good for his age. Uh, The Apostle Paul wrote this letter. This is his second letter to the Thessalonians. And Paul mentioned a little bit about what is going on there. So I'm not going to go into too much detail about it. But the long and the short of it is that the Thessalonian church was struggling with a waiting problem. Not a wait problem, I'll make that clear, but a waiting problem. They had a problem because they were unsure, they were wondering whether the second coming of Jesus had already happened or not. And whether what they were experiencing, what they had now, whether that was it, whether there was going to be anything else or this was, this was all they could hope for. And so Paul wrote this letter to them To encourage them and to remind them that Jesus has not returned yet, but he will. And in fact, the whole book, the whole letter of 2 Thessalonians is about the second coming of Jesus. That's why we've called this living in the end times. It is Paul talking about how to live during this time. We'll talk a bit more about that in a moment. But before Paul goes into that deep kind of uh, discussion of the end times he wants to encourage them because it, it's not all bad actually it's quite good things are going well these guys are doing an amazing job have a look at uh, the first couple of verses verses three and four with me you got your bibles uh, please make sure you have them open so you you know what i'm saying is what the bible is saying but we see here in two thessalonians chapter one verses three and four paul starts off by saying we ought always to thank god for you now just to pause on that the the ought there is not like uh look i'm paid to do this and uh you know i'm the face of the brand of giving thanks and this is you know i get commissioned every time i say you know i give thanks for you it's 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 not an obligation this i ought to is paul can think of nothing but to give thanks to praise god for what is happening in this church uh, of the thessalonians So he wants to give thanks for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so because your faith is growing more and more and the love uh, all of you have for one another is increasing. So it's going on. Paul is saying you don't just have faith, you don't just have love, but your faith is growing more and more each day. It is growing. It's not stagnant. It's not still. It's not paused. It is growing and maturing. And this is cause for great joy and praising of God by Paul. But more than that, their love, all of their love for one another is increasing. Their love for each other and for those around them is going over and above. And this causes Paul to give thanks to God. How awesome would that be to be in this church of the Thessalonians and to receive this letter with these words. Could you remember, could you imagine getting a letter and me standing here and someone saying, I give thanks to you always, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more and your love you have for all people is increasing. What a boost that would be. We talk about how we want to love God and love others, but to hear someone else actually seeing that and seeing it grow is an amazing thing, isn't it? The words of encouragement are so powerful. They are so weighty. Have you ever, I don't know if you've received uh, encouragement or a a pat on the back that you're doing a good job recently. Has anyone received something like that? It It kind of picks you up, doesn't it? Your shoulders kind of feel a bit broader. You feel like, oh, I can do almost anything. The problem is that criticism is usually not far behind, is it? And it cuts us down very quick. But the words of encouragement really do build up. They really are words of life. And this is what Paul is doing. He's, he's encouraging them, saying, you guys are doing awesome. Don't, don't take a step back. Keep going forward. Keep growing in your love and your faith. And he continues on, verse 4, he says, Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith, in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. Now if you remember or if you've ever read 1 Thessalonians, Paul talks about three things quite a lot. He talks about their faith, he talks about their love and he talks about their hope. Here Paul is on about the same thing. It just doesn't use the word hope but the endurance that comes during this, uh, per, uh, the, the persecution and the perseverance is driven by this hope. They are facing horrible things for their faith. Because they are standing up for Jesus in their town, they are copying grief and persecution and suffering. The types of things that we know very little about here in the Southern Shire because we live quite cushy lives, don't we? I think the worst that's ever happened to me uh, for saying that I follow Jesus is someone pouring a slushy down my back. That's about it. It's actually quite refreshing, to be totally honest. It was a hot day. It was kind of nice. bit sticky afterwards, but that was about, that's about as bad as it's got. I haven't been thrown in jail. I haven't been tortured. I haven't had rocks thrown at me. Well, not for that anyway, but those sorts of things don't, don't happen to us here in the Southern Shire, and it's hard for us to understand Because what Paul goes on and says is that that as they are growing in their faith and their love is increasing, that they are enduring during all this. He goes on and says these words in verse 5, which kind of are a bit shocking. He says this. He says, and all this is evidence that God's judgment is right. 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 So all this suffering and persecution just goes to show that God's judgment is right. That doesn't sound so great, does it? Why is Paul so excited and wanting to encourage them if this is the case? Well, Paul here is pointing us to something that's far greater than we see in in these words. There is something bigger going on here. Because not only is their faith and their love flourishing in the presence of persecution, go, uh, Paul goes as far as to say that it is God's design and plan that this is what is meant to happen. I'll see if I can put it in a way that might be helpful for us. If I want to get fit and strong, what do I need to do? It's going to take a lot, but what do I need to do? Exercise. Exercise do weights, those sorts of things, yeah? If I want to get buff, yeah, I need to do weights. I need to, that's what I need to do. I need to lose a bit of weight, get buff, do weights, exercise, those sorts of things. Now, who really enjoys exercise? Some people. You are sick. <laughs> because exercise hurts, doesn't it? Especially when you haven't done it for a while. One of my sons kicked a ball down our driveway and we live on top of a very steep hill and I had to go running after it and I've been hurt I only ran for like not even five seconds and I'm still hurting exercise hurts doesn't it when you haven't done it for a while your body your muscles everything you just I remember the first every time I I haven't exercised for a bit and I do I just I can't walk for like a good three four maybe a week afterwards and the reason why is because our muscles kind of tear and stretch a little bit and then rebuild to become stronger. Yeah? Does that make sense? I think that's how it works. I'm waiting. Someone will re- kind of correct me afterwards. But I think that's how it works, right? And the same thing goes for our spiritual strength, our, our, our soul. We need to go through times where we are stretched and strained so that we may be rebuilt through the Spirit Stronger, able to endure, able to persevere. Paul, as he thanks God for the Thessalonians, he's not thanking them because what they have done, but he's thanking God for what he has done in them. It is him who is doing this. It is him who is growing their faith. It is him who is increasing their love. It is him who is giving them the perseverance in the face of uh, persecution to endure it all. It is because of what God is doing in them to keep going. God is using these things, these persecutions, this suffering as a way of getting fit fit unholy people for a holy kingdom. God is trying to get unholy people fit for the kingdom of God. His design is not to punish believers but to purify them and to refine their faith the way that gold is refined through fire. Uh, 1 Peter 1, uh, 7 says this, I think it'll be on the screen. These, he's talking about uh, persecution and suffering, have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed." We shy away, don't we, from suffering and persecution and difficulties. We don't want to go through hard things. Who jumps both feet into doing something hard all the time? That's going to cost, That's going to hurt. Very rarely will we do those things. God is using these situations... we try to shy away from to actually make us fit for the kingdom of god we live in a day and age where we don't want to be offended by anything in fact we will flee away from offended and we will say that offends me i don't want to listen to it or doing that is offensive i don't want to be a part of it we live in a very offended generation if you're not offended at any point well done But because we are offended by anything and everything, we are actually failing to build up resilience in life. We are actually, uh, and I think COVID nineteen really demonstrated that when we were when we had to rely on ourselves and be in isolation, we realised that we weren't as resilient as we thought. Because we had avoided a lot of the hard things in life. When we go through horrible things, even as tough as COVID-19 has been for us here in this country, it's been far worse elsewhere. We can look at it and say, "How God, how, why are you doing this? This is not fair. I don't want to borrow this. This is not good. I blame you for it all. Rather than actually looking for the lessons that we can learn, the opportunities to grow in our faith and in our love and our perseverance for one another. Uh, in these times. Sometimes we go through difficult times to refine and to strengthen and to get us fit for the kingdom of God. This is what Paul is talking about here to the, the church in, of the Thessalonians. He's saying that they must wait Because what they're doing is they're getting fit. They're pumping iron, basically, spiritual iron. They're doing the lifting. They didn't miss leg day. They're doing the whole lot. And they must do this as they wait because Jesus hasn't come. But when he does, well, we're told that he will come as saviour, but also as judge. Now, I know that there might be a few of us who were kind of looking forward to seeing the back of Joshua, getting away from judgment, condemnation battles all that stuff that we don't like to talk about I are like yes New Testament Jesus Saviour love yes and then we get to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and we see in verse 6 to 8 that Jesus will come in judgment and there'll be punishment that's not him When he comes, he will come both as judge and as saviour. And if you think that I'm making that up, there are plenty of places throughout the New Testament where Jesus himself and other uh, New Testament letters talk about Jesus as the judge. I'm just going to throw a few up on the screen. Uh, The first two are from John chapter 5. Verse 22 says, Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. Verse 27, And he has given him authority to judge, because he is the Son of Man. Then in Acts 10:42, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. Jesus will come. When he comes, it will be a glorious day. It'll be a glorious day of judgment. It'll be a glorious day of punishment. And it'll be a glorious day of salvation. Now we might be finding that just a little bit offensive to hear of punishment and judgment. But can I say this? If you don't want punishment, let's remove it. Let's just throw it to the side for a second. If there's no punishment, then we need no judgment. And if we need no judgment, we need no saviour. So what are we left with? Nothing. Nothing. Paul is saying that the wait for the Thessalonians is waiting for that day because Jesus will come as both judge and saviour. And this letter is to encourage them to make sure they choose the right one. To choose Jesus. To follow him so that they will receive the reward that we see there in verses 6 through to 10. Where they will be like a a burning beacon of his glory and of his splendor. Where we will be glorified because he is glorified in us. And Paul wants to make sure that as the Thessalonians wait. They wait in the knowledge of who they are waiting for. They are waiting for the Saviour who will make right all wrongs. See, that's the other thing. If we don't have judgment, then there will in, be injustice for all eternity. Because where is the justice for those who suffer for, from the hands of evil that do not receive justice on this earth? do not receive justice in this life. Where is there hope for justice? It's nowhere. It is only found in the just judge who will come. This just judge who is Jesus. This letter of 2 Thessalonians is all about the second coming and it's about how we wait because we often, uh, in churches, you'll hear jargon words like the now, not yet, and we go, yeah, we throw that around and we all know what that means, apparently. That now, not yet, is that we live between the, the, the now where we are or the, 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 the first coming of Jesus. We live in between that and the second coming when Jesus will come as judge and saviour. I had a lecturer at college who I actually think made this heaps more simple for me. He said, we just live life in the middle. We're in the middle of two comings of Jesus. And how we live in the middle matters greatly. And two Thessalonians will tell us that. Next week, we'll look at chapter two, where uh, how we wait, whether we wait sitting down, doing nothing, or if we wait standing firm on the gospel of Jesus then chapter 3 will be whether we sit and twill our thumbs while we wait for Jesus or whether we go out and work for the kingdom of God. It's all about how we live, how we wait for the second coming. But what do we learn from chapter 1 of 2 Thessalonians? Because we live in this middle time, this this time where uh, we're waiting for that next life, the eternal life, the life to come. But we don't want to get caught up too much thinking about the next life, that we become too uh, preoccupied or or unconcerned or defeatist or sad about this life. But we also don't want to be so consumed by this life that we ignore the life to come. Although I doubt that we're guilty more so of that one than the first. What do we learn from 2 Thessalonians 1? 1. We learn that just like the Thessalonians, we too have a waiting problem. But we don't wait because we think that Jesus has come and has given us everything that we think we will get. No, we have a waiting problem because we think we don't need heaven. I live in the southern shire. I go to cafes and it says God's country. This is heaven on earth. I have what I need. I think our waiting problem is the fact that we've actually stopped waiting. And I think we've stopped waiting in a number of ways. See, I think our faith in the next life slips into faith in this life. Our striving for spiritual health is replaced by striving for physical health. Our, our thoughts of our glorious future is replaced by the thoughts of our retirement or of our children's future. Our hope of heaven is replaced by the hope of a good and comfortable life here and now. The desires for our created God have been replaced by the desires of created things. There has been a stopping of waiting. And a bit of unbelief of what will come in the future is, has crept in. Because we concentrate on this life more than the next. We emphasise this life rather than the next. We're being concerned with this life more than the next. Thinking less of eternal life de-emphasising eternal life, questioning eternal life, ignoring eternal life, forgetting eternal life and eventually even denying eternal life because why do we need it when we have all we need here? What I need, I can find, I can buy. Tonight I started with a question and I don't want to finish with a question. The question is simple. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? I wish right now that I can impress on you the weight of this passage and the weight that I felt of this passage. And I know I have not done it justice. I wish above all things that I can impress on you how important it is to wait well for our Lord and Saviour Jesus who will come and judge that I can impress on you the weight of what is at stake if we don't what is there for us if we choose to reject God if we reject and ignore eternal life that we think that this life is all that there is that there is nothing more to come. I wish that right now I could just stomp my foot and the floor would disappear and you would see hell before us and see what we've been saved from if we put our trust in Jesus. I don't want to do that to scare us. I just want us to see the greatness of our God in sending his son to die for us so that we may see and wait well for our God. Wait well for the return of Jesus. I wish I could, I could stomp again and, and the, the roof would blow off the top of this building and you would see heaven and the glory that is waiting for us, the kingdom of God that God is making us fit for that you would see it and say, that is worth the wait. No matter what I go through in this life, it is worth the wait. Because tonight, maybe even tonight, you might not wake up the next day. You might not see tomorrow. You might not even see your bed tonight. Who knows how long we have? Why wait to make a decision to wait for the coming of Jesus when you don't even know how long you have to wait? The Thessalonians didn't know how long they had to wait. So it caused them to think that he'd already come, that Jesus had already come. We know that he has not come, but we do not know how long we have to wait. He may even come tonight, and wouldn't that be a glorious thing? I want to leave leave you tonight with that question, what are you waiting for?